on the morning after the fire. I, I think I'd been awake since about 4 o'clock in the morning when we had the fire at the old building. And, and of course, it was smoky and there was fire, but it was hot. It was miserable. It was the middle of July and the humidity was awful. And on top of that, we've got this fire going and we're standing around it. And, and I spent that morning walking around and talking to people. A lot of us were praying together and talking together and encouraging one another and thanking the firemen. And the sun finally came up and I realized I stunk pretty bad. And I knew the day wasn't over. So I went home and I was getting things together and getting ready to go take a shower. And, and as I was walking to the shower, I remember I caught myself singing a song. Great is thy faithfulness, O God my Father. There is no shadow of turning with thee. Thou changest not. Thy compassions, they fail not. As thou hast been, thou forever will be. And suddenly I stopped myself and I said, where did that come from? Why am I singing this song in the middle of this miserable morning? And I realized that for some reason, Trish had been singing that song around the house for the weeks prior to the fire. She had she'd just been going around singing. I'd heard that song over and over again. Obviously, we had We'd sung it here quite a bit. It's one of those songs that we go back to over and over again. I knew it was the favorite song of, of Iva Spies, and it was a favorite song of, of so many people. And yet in that moment, with the fire, somehow in, in the smoldering wreckage of our church building and a, and a lot of big unknowns, that song came back, Great is Thy Faithfulness. That's a great song, and you may not realize this, but the words come from Scripture. It, in fact, there's... There's another chorus that, uh, that we sing that's, that's based on the same Scripture, but it's almost word for word from the Scriptures. It's from Lamentations chapter 3. If you want to turn there in, in your Bibles, it's well, you'll find Lamentations right after Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a big book. Just go south from Jeremiah. If you hit Ezekiel, you've gone too far. Back up and head back north a little bit. If you're using those blue Bibles in front of you, it's page 688. Lamentations chapter 3. Now that's not a word that we use very often anymore. Lamentation. Lamentation is a funeral song. Kind of a funeral dirge. It's a song that you sing when you're, when you're grieving. And, and that's exactly what it is. Lamentations is a series of songs. Of funeral songs over the city of Jerusalem. Because the city had been sacked. The city had been destroyed. The people had been taken away in chains. A thousand miles away. And the author, we think the author is Jeremiah the prophet, the weeping prophet we call him. And, and Jeremiah is walking through the smoldering wreckage of Jerusalem singing his funeral song. And you read those words in Lamentations verse three, or chapter 3 beginning in verse 22. <clears throat> the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in Him. You recognize those words. You recognize that. You probably recognize another chorus or two that we sing that, that goes along with that. And just like in, in all of those songs, those hymns and those choruses we sing, there are those words. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. But I want you to notice this. That, that familiar hymn that we sing, that's the title of the hymn. It's also the first words of the hymn. Great is thy faithfulness, O God, my Father. 
But those words here in Lamentations, those words don't appear until verse 23. They, they don't appear until verse 23. The lament, the song, starts in verse 1. And if you look at verse 1, there is no mention of faithfulness. There's no mention of the faithfulness of God. All there is is pain. And if we're honest, that's probably more in keeping with our experiences. You see, this passage, this song does not begin with a conviction about God's faithfulness. And seldom do we either. Seldom do we begin with a conviction of God's faithfulness. Rather, this song begins with, with pain. It is raw. It is unfiltered pain and abandon, abandonment. You, you listen to how the song starts in the Bible. In, in chapter 3, verse 1, he sings, I am the man who has seen affliction under the rod of his wrath. He has driven and brought me into darkness without any light. Surely against me he turns his hand again and again the whole day long. And in fact, if you look at the first nine verses, you look at the first nine, well, verse two through nine, how does each verse begin? Each, each verse begins with the, with the word he. Over and over again it says he. he it begins with, with he. In fact, the, the name of God will not be used in this song until verse 18. He cannot even bring himself to say the name of God. He feels so distant. He feels so cut off. He cannot even begin to acknowledge God's name. Verse 4. He says, He has made my flesh and my skin waste away. He has broken my bones. He has besieged and enveloped me with bitterness and tribulation. He has made me dwell in darkness like the dead long ago. And from there, it just gets worse. Verse 13, he says that God has skewered his kidneys with arrows. Verse 14, he says, he has made me a laughingstock of all people. And he lays this all on God. And we ought to stop and ask ourselves, is that accurate? I mean, is it fair to blame God for all this trouble? Is it fair that he should be blaming God for, for, his, for his trouble? Because what he's lamenting is the, is the destruction of Jerusalem, and the destruction of Jerusalem was God's judgment on his people for their faithlessness. They're the ones who broke covenant. They're the ones who ran off and worshipped other gods. They're the ones who, who worshipped idols. They did this to, them, to themselves. Just like we bring a lot of our own pain on us, don't we? We, we cause a lot of our own problems. We make, we make poor choices. <laughs> we have poor habits. We, just, we might as well just say it. We sin. We, we run away from God from time to time. And we would have to admit, we cause ourselves a lot of misery. And yet you will catch yourself in the middle of that misery that you've, caught your, that you've caused yourself. You'll catch yourself saying what? Why, God? Why are you doing this to me? And that's what... Jeremiah does to God. He lays it all on his shoulders. And yet, I, I want you to notice that at no point does God speak up and say, I didn't do that. It, this isn't my fault. This is your own fault. No, he doesn't do that. He, he lets us get it all out. He lets us take, the, take it all out on him. He takes the blame. Verse 16, he has made my teeth grind on gravel. I hate reading that verse. He has made my teeth grind on gravel. He has made me cower in ashes. My soul is bereft 
of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. And so I say my endurance has perished and so has my hope from the Lord. And at this point in the lament, all hope is lost. But you notice the song isn't over. All hope is lost, but the song isn't over. And what we see from Jeremiah's song is that it takes time to see God's faithfulness. It takes time to see His faithfulness. And you can imagine Jeremiah walking through Jerusalem and imagine him looking over everything and he sings his lament as he, as he sees the homes in ruins and he sees the fires smoldering. The temple is in ruins. There are, there are dead bodies in the streets. And he looks at all of this and he sings his funeral song. And it seems as you read the song, it seems that he is looking at everything but God. He's looking at the ruins. He's looking at the destruction. He's looking at everything but God. What would happen if he changed his view? What would happen if we changed our view? What would happen if we looked to God? You know, In a real way, I think that's what we've been doing this year as we've talked about the fruit of the Spirit. Do you guys remember the fruit of the Spirit? you guys know the fruit of the Spirit? Now, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are yet to come. Self-control is going to be in, in November, you know, during Thanksgiving. I think it's the perfect month for self-control. But these are, these are the fruit of the Spirit. And that ought to tell us something. What we've seen with the fruit of the Spirit is none of this grows in and of ourselves. None of it starts from within us. After all, it's called the fruit of the Spirit. It's not called the fruit of Jason. It's not called the fruit of Jim. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And so if we're going to understand love, we're going to understand the love of Jesus, right? We're going to come to, to His love first and we're going to get a hold of that and we're going to enable that to grow. If we're going to understand joy, we're going to say the joy of the Lord is my strength from Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We're going to understand joy as something that the Lord gives us. If we're going to understand peace, we're going to understand the peace of Christ that guards your hearts and your minds. And the same is with all the rest of this. This does not grow from ourselves. It is the fruit of of the Spirit. It doesn't begin with us. And rather, if we're going to understand faithfulness, if we're going to grow faithfulness, we've got to begin with God. We've got to begin with His faithfulness. That hymn goes on. Verse 2 says, Summer and winter, springtime and harvest, sun, moon, and stars in their courses above. Join with all nature in manifold witness to Thy great faithfulness, mercy, and love. And that second verse reminds us that there are different seasons. Just like there are different seasons of life. Sometimes we have a season of abundance. And that's wonderful. Everything's going right. Everything seems perfect. We got plenty of food. We got plenty of money. Our jobs are going great. Everything looks wonderful. And then we go through a, a long, dark winter where there is sickness and there is pain. We go through a winter of, of depression and and sadness. And I don't know what season you find yourself in today, but it may be that that particular season that you are in right now has you wondering about the faithfulness of God. Verses 22 through 24 are those verses that are very familiar to us, that speak of God's faithfulness. 
But you look at the other side of those verses. Look on past those verses. Look at verses 25 and 26. In verses 25 and 26, he says, The Lord is good to those who wait for Him. To the soul who seeks Him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And so we find that praise, we find that praise of of verses 22 through 24, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, great is thy faithfulness. We find that sandwiched between two things. We find it sandwiched between the affliction from verses 1 and following, and this idea, this affliction in verses 1 and following, we've got affliction, we've got wrath, we've got, he's broken, he is beaten down, he is weighed down with grief. And then verse 25's call is to wait, to wait upon the Lord. And you notice in verses 25 and 26 and 27, the word good is in those verses. We've not seen that word before. Well, suddenly we see the word good. In fact, if you were reading this in Hebrew, you would notice in, in verses 25 and 26, the first word of each verse is good. The first word of each verse in verses 25 and 26 is, word, is good. Do you remember Genesis chapter 1? What's the last word at, the, at each day of creation? The last word is good. First word here is the same word. And it's got me wondering... What it's got me wondering is if we want to see God create something good within us, we're probably going to have to wait. We're probably going to have to be patient and and wait for God to create something new within us. And what we learn as as we wait is that God is faithful even when we have lost our faith. Verse 23 declares that God's mercies are new every morning. We sing that, don't we? His morning by morning new mercies I see and, and they are new every morning. That verse bothers me. <laughs> I want to admit, that, that verse troubles me. They are new every morning. I, I picture Jeremiah. I've, for some reason, I've always pictured Jeremiah singing this song in the morning and walking through the streets of Jerusalem. That's just my impression. The sun's just come up. And maybe the sun's rays are, are being diffused through the smoke and the, and the ruins of, of his city. And he's walking through and he's looking at all this first thing in the morning. And as the light hits uh, the destruction around, he sings his funeral song. And he sings those words, God's mercies are new every morning. But you know, the next day when he gets up, Jerusalem's still going to be destroyed. And the day after that, it's still going to be destroyed. And his people aren't coming home for a good 70 years. The people are going to be gone. What's so good about God's mercy the next day? What's God's mercy going to look like if it is new every morning? And you know, maybe you've been there too. Maybe you've had one of those days. Maybe you've had one of those weeks. Maybe you've had one of those months one of those years where you just wonder what's so good about all this and you say, I can't take one more day of this, God. I can't take one more day of the pain and the disappointment and the torture or just just the agony of wondering what's going to go wrong next. You know what I mean? You ever been there? What's going to happen today? What's going to go wrong today? And Jeremiah, he is still in his pain His world is still in ruins, but he sings in verse 20, 
My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me, but this I call to mind and therefore I have hope. And he's saying there are two things that I keep in check within myself. There are two things I have to keep in check within myself. Number one, he says, I have failed miserably. And now he's declaring that for all his people. Israel had, had failed, but he owns it for himself. He says, I have wandered from God. And he keeps that in check. But the second thing he kept, keeps in check is this, verse 21. He says, but this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. And what Jeremiah is saying is my failure is not greater than God's success. My hopelessness is not greater than his hope. My faithlessness is nothing compared to his faithfulness. Pardon for sin and a peace that endureth. Thine own dear presence to cheer and to guide. Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow. Blessings all mine with 10,000 beside. That's the third verse of that song. We sing of pardon for sin. We sing of forgiveness. And when we sing of pardon for sin, when we sing of forgiveness, when we sing of abiding peace, you realize we're singing about Jesus, right? When we sing about those things, we're singing about Jesus. We're singing of the hope and the peace that we have through His sacrifice for us, And suddenly we realize this is not about my faithlessness. This is not about the mess I'm in right now. This is about His grace. This is about what He purchased for me on the cross. And God's faithfulness is even there when we've lost our faith. Great is Thy faithfulness. Great is Thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All I have needed, Thy hand has provided. Great is Thy faithfulness, Lord, unto me. The fruit of the Spirit is faithfulness. And if we're going to grow it, if we're going to nurture it, it has to begin with Jesus. It has to begin with His faithfulness to us. And if today is one of those days, if today is one of those days when you can rejoice and you can sing of His faithfulness, then by all means sing of His faithfulness. But if today isn't one of those days, if today is one of those days when you are very aware uh, that you are alone, very aware of your mess, then wait. Wait for the season. Wait for hope. Wait and know that He is faithful even when we are faithless. Wait and sing anyway. Great is His faithfulness. Let's stand together. We're going to sing this song. You know it well.